0: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Or rush
1: six and just force the issue. Like, force the issue, but I think five is like, you know, kissing your sister. It's just, you're not doing anything, I and mean, nobody wants to kiss their sister, okay? I don't even know why I said that, but it just came out of my mouth. I have two sisters. You have two sisters? Yeah. Don't kiss them, okay? <laughs> All right? Just so you know, don't do that. Yeah. Um, you know, my dad, he's from Kentucky, right? Nice segue. You know, sometimes they do that there. In fact, my dad's mother and father, brother and sister. What? What? Stepbrother and stepsister. No. But they were. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. We like to pull back the curtain to start every Unbuttoned podcast. And there's a tidbit about the Sims family that the public did not know. You have topped or whatever the opposite. They got remarried, right? My father's grandparents got remarried. And then a stepsister and a stepbrother got married. Then to have the Sims family. Yes. Yes.
2: Okay, you taking a deep breath. It's okay. The it's damn okay is like three segments <laughs> damn, away. Okay? Yeah.
1: Sims is in bread. We thought that all along. <laughs> but <Yikes>. either way. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing good. <laughs> Happy Monday to you. Week yes, three in the you. NFL. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was a fun one. Uh, all right. First rate review, the podcast, do all that stuff, but we got a good one today. We're gonna deep dive two games as voted on by the public. The first one we're going to do is DJ NY. Yes, Daniel Jones, New York Giants, and the Buccaneers. We're going to hit on that. We're going to hit on Kansas City versus the Baltimore Ravens. Those are the two games I went back and watched film. Yes. We got, damn, okay, coming up today. Uh, We also got, let's see, am I missing anything else? No, I don't have any check the rule books. We got a few other meathead moments by some other people around the NFL we're going to hit on. Uh, And then, Hey, first off, let's just start off. What Anything jump out to you particular, uh, in particular for the
2: week three that you saw that you uh, just thought was interesting? I thought it was awesome backing up Saturday night, Notre Dame at Georgia, the yeah. scene in Athens. Right. Been to a lot of big team yeah, stadiums. Cool. The SEC stuff, that was next level cool.
1: Yeah, that is amazing that you were there for that. That's a was, special, a, special environment.
2: That was a fun way to start the start week three your weekend. weekend. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. As far as yesterday, yeah. so pleasantly surprised with Daniel Jones. I know we're going to get to that. It's yeah. actually – Right. We'll get to that eventually. But that, yeah. that, that's my number one thought. Yeah, I, I think not, so. I did not see that coming.
1: Dominated the day. I mean, that was certainly one of the stories of the day, and he changed the look of that football team. Yeah. Um, I, I also – I think what I'm just – what I'm looking at that jumps out to me more than anything in football, I think there's four teams that stand above the rest right now after three, three weeks. Yep, one. You know, the two in the AFC, the Chiefs and the Patriots, yep. no particular order there. Okay, and then I look at the NFC and go the Rams and the Cowboys. Those two right there, I think, are the cream of the crop of each conference. Why the Rams instead of the Packers? Well, the um, the Packers are still they're good. I'm really encouraged. We'll talk about some of those things, but I'm not going to sit there and go they're the cream of the crop yet. I mean, not with the way they're kind of winning the games. It's good. It's great. They're three and zero. But I do think that the Rams and the Dallas Cowboys have showed a little bit more of a specialness to their team at this point. It's still early. Yeah. teams are still a work in progress. Uh, and then you know, just the difference in oh, you're two and one, you're one and two. The feeling in the building. That's something that just I think about because I remember some of the most intense weeks I had in my career in the NFL, where we're 0 and two. We're one and two because you started to get into must win territory and you go, damn, we're not out of September. Right. And we're in must win territory already. Yeah. And that's where, I mean, you can taste the pressure in the building. And you got a number of teams who were in the playoffs last
2: year who go, damn, we're one and two and we're right. fighting for our life at the end of September. And that feeling, some of the teams that are having it right now inside their buildings, there's some really good examples of how quickly it happens this time of year. The Titans. Two weeks ago, what a win at Cleveland! Wow, they're really good. Right, Mariota looks better than last year. Right, to go knock off the Browns in Cleveland—that's awesome. Golf clap all around. Yeah. Now what? Yeah. Now what? Now they're they're one of those teams with the hand right next to the panic button. No doubt about it. You're right. The hand is next to the panic button, and
1: you don't know what they are. Uh, uh, So that that's just something that jumped out to me through through week one. But let's get into it. We got uh, we got a bunch of quarterbacks who made their first start yesterday. All yeah. interesting. All had different styles of games. Uh, but let's start with the big one in the uh, in Tampa Bay.
2: And we are going to spend a lot more time on this. We yeah, deep dive. it. so right. just ten to twenty seconds on your first your first thoughts. Kind of tease what's coming later.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, the first one we're going to go. Daniel Jones yeah. is the, the the headline. The headline is. Don't tell me talent doesn't matter, okay, because what you saw yesterday was an offense open up. Why? Why? Wait for it. Wait. Oh, the quarterback that was in was more talented. Oh, you mean arm strength does matter? Oh, yeah. Oh, all of a sudden there was plays all over the field, you know, aggressive plays called that I don't feel that the Giants would call on a regular basis if it was Eli Manning. Um, how about the talent to move a little bit and yes. run, extend plays, scramble for two touchdowns or run for two touchdowns? Or just the movement in the pocket and be, not being afraid of the rush. Right. Or not being, have any, just having a feel, but not being. Uh, afraid of it and there's a difference there and and again with Eli I don't, I'm not trying to say anything bad but Eli was a ooh, I look down the field it feels like the pocket's collapsing let me look at the pocket to make sure oh they're getting a little close to me let me check it down Daniel Jones was let me look down field oh that guy's not open I'm not even still looking at the pocket and people are getting close to me but I'm just going to kind of move around with my feel oh and the hell would that check down. There's another guy open 20 yards down the field. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hit him. And that changed their, their, their team and the way they look. So when we talk about, oh, he gives you more energy mm-hmm. – he just – when he came on, he felt more – no, it wasn't more energy. He's just a better fucking player, okay? <laughs> and then he made the team have more energy because right. there was
2: more opportunities to make plays and look good. The team definitely had more energy. Evan Abram yeah. had more. He had a right. little right. more bounce. Definitely. For sure. Yes. All kinds of things I want to follow up on there. Yeah. We'll get, we'll to, get with, to that in a minute. Get to a yeah. deep dive. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Solid. We both wanted to see more Taysom Hill. We than, did. Than actually turned out. Right. But, Teddy, not to the extent that Eli Manning – I'm I'm sorry, that Daniel Jones did. But was better than I thought he was going to be. Was better.
1: Uh, I think if I had to go with my headline here, and this is something silly I started on my podcast and years back, I wanted to say that New Orleans out-Seattle-Seattle in Seattle, okay? That's what they did. What does it mean to out-Seattle-Seattle? I mean, play defense, out-hit you, cause turnovers, win special teams. And that's what the Saints did. The Saints never really had to rely on Teddy Bridgewater. You know, they really – they could really just say, ooh, let's manage the game, manage the clock. You know, let's try to keep our defense off the field here and there. But when you return a kick for a touchdown, uh, when you pick up a fumble – or they return a punt, sorry – when you pick up a fumble and return that for a touchdown – You give your team 14 points off of that. uh, Yeah, it allowed them to run the ball, play conservative, and Teddy never had to be asked to do anything. He didn't make the big mistake. He never made the big mistake, and that's what he's great at. And that's probably why Sean Payton started him in Seattle. Go, you know what? He doesn't lose games. That's the one thing we've seen. And I'll say it's debatable whether he wins games either, but he never has lost games. That's the great thing about Teddy Bridgewater. If you play defense and have a running game, he can keep you in a lot of football games and do the smart thing that the quarterback that, needs to
2: do. Do you think they can keep winning that way consistently, like be above 500 in the time that Drew is out?
1: That's a hard way to win. I don't know if you can consistently rely on that. I mean, they won by the skin of their teeth yesterday and, uh, you know, of course had a number of things fall their way. Right. So, uh, you know, can they beat a Dallas team next week that way again? I would say no. no. But – You know, again, I think Sean Payton will find a few ways here and there to make things a little bit more helpful. To Bridgewater, start creative pass plays, and maybe he'll start to put the taste. I guess he's afraid of Taysom Hill because he's just real backup now. So he goes, damn, if Teddy really does get hurt and I hurt Taysom Hill on some he's going over the middle for a 10-yard completion, now I'm really screwed. So I think he has to be a little more careful with
2: Taysom Hill now that he's a true backup instead of that third-string swing guy. Right. And Teddy Bridgewater, just a little bit over 6.5 yards per attempt. That's going to have to go up quite a bit if they're going to to if they're going be in that game against Dallas. But
1: played it smart yesterday.
2: He did, he did what he, he had did. to do. Yep, and avoided the big problem. So yep. that's a win there. That's a win. What's your headline, Carolina-Arizona?
1: Well, um, I, You know, how do I want to say this? You know, you don't, I, I, you don't have to be a franchise quarterback to win football games. If you just make some of the routine throws that are there, you can win football games. That's what I want to say because that's the thing from, that's jumped out about the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers played good football the first two weeks. They started 0-2 because Cam Newton was off. Right. Now they had a guy that was on. And he took advantage of what was there to be had. And is it like always oh, pretty and beautiful? Am I ready to anoint Kyle Allen, the starting quarterback of the Carolina Panthers? Absolutely not. I Would don't you think... like
2: better though, Kyle?
1: You like Kyle Allen or Teddy Bridgewater? Ooh, well, I think Kyle Allen made more plays to make his team win he the game. He made more difficult throws. He did. He made some more difficult throws. They needed him to make some of those plays to actually win the game. Where, you know, New Orleans never had to ask Teddy Bridgewater that. But I give Kyle Allen a lot of credit. I mean, he was this is one of the dicier backup quarterback situations. I thought, in football, and he made some big-time plays yesterday, whether it was extending plays or some aggressive throws. But these are plays that were there to be had the first two weeks, and Cam Newton was so off of his game that, yeah, they didn't capitalize, and that's why they started 0-2, and he capitalized on some of those things. And now there's no pressure to, like, oh, we got to rush Cam Newton out there at 80% or 90%. Now they can go get healthy. In fact, we're good. Like let's see how let's see what this Kyle Allen train looks like going forward.
2: I thought he played with a confidence that he hadn't necessarily earned, and that's a compliment to him. Normally definitely. To cut loose some of those throws like that, you right. have to You have to be there a few times. Um, so I give him a lot of credit as well. Definitely. Pittsburgh, San Francisco, another first-time starter, Mason Rudolph. Yeah, uh, I mean, my headline would be
1: as far as pertaining to Mason Rudolph, eh? Yeah. Eh. See. Two throws. That's yeah. all it was. Yeah. You know wasn't bad. wasn't bad. But I don't look at it and go, Pittsburgh's found their guy for the future. It's over. The quest is over, everyone. Did you expect to see that right away? No, no, but I think they expected to see it a little. I've seen enough from Mason Rudolph to know he's not the next guy no matter what. That's what I feel. What's the biggest
2: reason you say that?
1: Uh, I feel like he's stiff as an athlete. He's not a gifted thrower of the football by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, he's a below-average NFL arm. Uh, And, I, yeah, I just – I looked at it overall. I mean, hey, that game was there on a silver platter for them to take control and win the game. It's just – it's, you know, always concerning when you cause five turnovers, you had that many short fields, and we only got 11 first downs and – you know, what was it, 20, 20-something points on the day? Mm-hmm. You know, that was a game that the 49ers were trying their best to screw up. Yeah. And still ended up winning. And it's a sign of a good team and, of course, a sign of a bad team because of the way they gave it away, especially with the James Conner fumble after they were given a chance to, to kind
2: of put it away. It's similar to the way you described what the Saints did around Teddy Bridgewater. They, yes. I never want to say they make it easy on a quarterback. Right. Because you know better than I do. I know a little bit. It's not easy for anybody. No, it's not However, easy. they played the kind of game around him where Bridgewater could be okay and right. they would win. Right, right. If Mason Rudolph plays that same way, they win that game because everybody else around him was pretty good. Yeah,
1: pretty good. They just didn't capitalize early where they had turnovers, and you looked up at the scoreboard and you went, What? It's only 6 nothing. What? It's 6-3? Mm-hmm. What? They're losing 10-6? How is that possible? Right. I mean, every time you turn on, you know, the 49ers move the ball, move the ball, turnover. You know, same thing. I mean, they move the ball up and down the field. The 49ers are scary. That's what I'll say about that. Watch out for the 49ers. They're just another team that's kind of finding their way, and they're not playing their best football yet. And they're two and zero, and that's
2: that's scary. Quietly unbeaten. It's a pretty good place. Yeah, good place to be. Yeah. Next segment, one of my favorites. Oh, we yeah. kind of started already at the top with the damn okay, with yeah. the way you talked about some of the lineage there. Right. But now we can do the football portion of it. <laughs> damn. I'm
1: okay. Damn. I'm okay. Yeah, no, I mean, yes, I'm okay. The legal gambolizing oh baby, I am Chris
2: Sims. I'm okay. Damn. Okay. Somebody had a good time with that. Oh, uh, I feel
1: like it's like a uh, there was like an Eminem song that I feel like you used to listen to that. Uh, I can't remember what it is, but we to got to, to do Eminem, huh? Uh, of course. Yeah. yeah, always, always. I still listen to a lot of hip hop music, but. Uh, to start our damn okay segment, we are going to hit with number 58 down in Tampa Bay, Shaquille Barrett, okay? Yes. A guy who's been backing up Von Miller uh, and Bradley Chubb last year in the with the Denver Broncos, has popped over the last few years when he was in Denver, but never got that role in the starting lineup, then had to deal with some injuries, but four sacks the last two weeks, okay? He's got seven for the season. He's leading the NFL, and... Disruptive. I'm not. And, when, and listen, I'm not all about sacks. Like, oh gosh, you're getting sacks. You're amazing. His sacks are real sacks, though. They're not like. Oh, and Dominican Sue, you know, busted through, and then the quarterback had a run and he ran into Shaquille Barrett. Right. He, that's how we got. No, they're a legitimate, like him beating left tackles, him strip sacking people, him beating people with spin moves. It has been extremely impressive. And they
2: weren't garbage sacks, as no, we against, they against were no, they were not. No, they were in the meat times. potatoes, yeah. important times yep. of the
1: game. And he gave Nate Solder a lesson in, you know, welcome to Tampa Bay, and I'm legit out here on the end. Edge, they're not missing uh, JPP down in Tampa because of this. This Guy right
2: here, he's made us forget all about him. Tied with Mark Gastineau for most all time through three games. Gastineau did it all the way back in 1984. Yeah, Mark Gastineau. I still believe he
1: is, uh, dad would, we'll ask him this on Wednesday, yeah. the hardest hit dad ever took. I believe is still Mark Gastineau in a preseason game. Really? And I believe in a it a preseason game. I think he could still pop his chest from the hit. He could pop his chest for like 30 years after. How do you pop your chest? He, you can, he would like go like this and you could hear it just pop. Like yeah. what? He would Did like it? spread it out and I don't know how so to say it. something separates in something, there? Something oh does something. I don't know. But either way. He should, uh, he should drive up and present it. And, but yes, with his shirt off. <laughs> I would like to see that too. Uh, All right, but Shaquille Barrett, damn, okay, Mm -hmm. you're a player. Damn, okay, you're about to get more than that one-year, $4 million contract.
2: Damn, okay, you're about to be rich, motherfucker. And damn, the Broncos still looking for their first sack.
1: What? That is even the more amazing story with it. You're right. Thank you for adding that. That's a good tidbit.
2: I have no problem with the Broncos, but that's just a good exclamation point. Yes, bam. On the end of that one. Let's stay defense. Yeah. Stay in the NFC. What do you got for the next one? Well, the Green Bay Packers, the Smith Brothers, the brothers from another
1: mother. I mean, holy crap. I I just, first off, the way they dominated the football game again yesterday, but have dominated the first three games of the year to just, damn, okay. This was worth the free agent money we gave these two in the offseason.
2: Big change for the organization. Green Bay never does that.
1: Yeah, oh, apparently getting good players from other teams (laughs) helps your team out, so they say. But, They've changed the look of the football team. They've changed the style of the football team. Paul, it was evident to me just being on the field in pregame against the Bears week one, along with a number of other NBC people who were like, well, they make that defense look different. They're giant human beings on the edge of a defensive line. But they're just such a physical presence, not only in the run game, but the way they can collapse the pocket in the pass game. They are game changers right now. And for a Green Bay offense that's not lighting up the scoreboard offensively, well, this is one of the reasons they don't have to right now. They can play D. They can cover. They got good zone packages. They can play man to man. And they
2: can beat your ass up front. And right. the two Smith brothers on the edge are a force to be reckoned with. I think it's a big reason why. And you mentioned that the, they're not lighting it up offensively yeah. yet. How many times in the last 10 years, uh, the majority of the time, after a game, win or loss, Aaron Rodgers is up there a little bit prickly? Yeah, you right. Know, hey, starting quarterbacks with the high standard are. Yeah. See how relaxed. And happy he was yesterday. It's it's the I, least I, Scott, amount of pressure he's ever had ever because of that defense. Yeah, yeah.
1: defense, run game, they're dangerous. I, I mean, the Green Bay, okay, and I but I don't think we got Green Bay coming up again. So I'm going to hit it here: is Green Bay. I would say watch out for Green Bay. You know, they're they're finding their way. They're still kind of like this is week three. They're three and O, and they're kind of still formulating the way they want to play. Right. You know, they're finding their way, which is scary. Because, you know, they're going to find the right things they want to do you in the past finding game. their way offensively. Yeah, offensively. Yeah. Sorry, their defense has been found. Right? Right. They're, they're good. But, yeah, offensively, they're still tinkering with how they want to attack teams. But you see little more plays every week where you go, ooh, I saw Aaron Rodgers throw some balls on rhythm yesterday. Right. Where I went, hey, he took five steps and threw it. Because Coach – so showed him some yeah. plays last week and said,
2: you got to do it. And it was either after week one or week two. When we yeah, were sitting, week you're two, talking last week we are talking about he's it. He's a little bit conservative. He should cut it loose a little more. Definitely, so.
1: yeah. And I, I think he he probably acknowledged that when he watched the film from that Vikings game last week. But Green Bay, uh, just like
2: Minnesota, I say watch out for in that NFC North. Let's go to the AFC. Yeah. Offense, Jacoby Brissett. Damn, okay. I expected him to be – Okay. I didn't know if he was going to show up on damn okay.
1: Yeah, well, because he's been damn okay. He's been damn than just okay. I mean, yesterday he was phenomenal. Uh, First off, starting the game on fire. What was it? The first 16 passes of the day complete. Um, You know, game-changing throws. You know, just everything he does. Pinpoint accuracy on the intermediate to deep throws down the football field. You know, the fearlessness in the pocket. You know, the first two weeks. Did a lot of good things, certainly, Um, but also had a few plays here and there where you went, okay, you're still finding your way as a starting mm-hmm. quarterback. And I also think they were managing him a little bit the first two weeks to where they were like, okay, he's not Andrew Luck. Let's not expect him to drop back 45 times and throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. So let's play a little different style. But I think last week when they saw Atlanta come into town and they said, damn, Atlanta's got eight people at the line of scrimmage every play. Uh, we got to just take – we got to take off the training wheels. Yeah, We got to start attacking. And he came out on fire. And um, – I just been so impressed with him. The Colts, one of those two in one teams. Yeah, they're not in the elite class like we talked about with the Chiefs or the Patriots, but they're in that next group down who's again, like the Packers, but just a kind of finding their way how they want to win football
2: games. Yeah. Dangerous. Like very dangerous. And kind of flying under the radar. Really I, under I the imagine. radar. So it's kind of a collegiate yeah. thing, but maybe this is happening. In the NFL as well, with Andrew Luck retires, and people aren't feeling sorry for the Colts, but they're not afraid of them either. No. Because that's the one thing that made you afraid to play Indianapolis. He's gone, and now people are seeing that. I don't know if I want to say, and you you can correct me, that the offense hasn't missed a beat, but they're still really good.
1: They're still really good. Yeah, I I would say the only beat they've missed is maybe just some of the deep, explosive plays Andrew Luck makes that way. And that's only because of, like, his experience Mm -hmm. and knowledge and his knowledge of the offense. And he got to play so much where I think Jacoby Percet's just starting to get in his wheelhouse there to go like, oh, wait, you know, this coverage, we usually look at this, but coach did tell me the last few weeks on alert on this coverage to look at my post route. It's not normally a part of my read. Andrew Luck was phenomenal at stuff like that, like where he would go, it's not really within the normal read of my offensive play here but Coach did give me an alert for this one coverage, and I see it, and my alert is up, and the, the sirens are going. And I think Jacoby Brissett's getting to that. And um, that's where, that's where you know, they're going to be dangerous because we know they're going to be able to run the ball and control the line of scrimmage with that O-line.
2: Is there anything else you see that's missing from, from, from Luck to Brissett?
1: Uh, I think the only other thing maybe, uh, the scrambling as far as just tucking to run, he's not as good. You know, the first two weeks if I had a complaint, maybe stayed in the pocket too long. Now, you know, he's a big sucker, so he yep. breaks a lot of tackles that could extend plays, but he also takes some sacks because he just stands in there forever. And he, and he, I would say over the, the first two weeks, and I didn't watch the film of yesterday's game, but just on TV, he didn't get stuck on the first read as much. I do think in the Chargers game, the Tennessee Titans game, there was there's moments because he's, he trusts himself and his arms so much where, oh, the guy's a 20-yard out. Well, he's going to come open. Oh, he's about to come open. Oh, but, but you're getting hit. you got to move on at some point. You can't wait all day for that stuff. But – uh, really impressed with, with that. And, you know, one thing that jumps out to me, again, that Atlanta defense. It's over for Atlanta. They lost Ken O'Neal. all right? Atlanta's not going to the playoffs. I'm saying hmm. that right now, okay? Wow, it's awfully yeah, early. I'm, I'm saying it. It's just the same old recklessness on, you know, offense. There's plays here and there. I can't believe Matt Ryan, again, threw a dumb interception in the red zone. And, really, the biggest thing to me is, you know, defense – Hustle and team speed only goes so far. And when you're going to line up in the same defense all game, every game, I mean, you're just seeing quarterbacks are so comfortable. When they get to go out to the line of scrimmage and they go, oh, it's the Falcons, oh, it's the Seattle scheme, oh, it's the ninth play in a row. There's just there's nothing to make the quarterback think or, or pull the ball down or go, ooh, I don't know what this is there. And, you know, he hit a number of plays, I think, that, that shredded that coverage yesterday. Tarico has a podcast I've heard. He it's does. Good. He does have a podcast that Michael Tarico, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, first off, Mike, Tony, Rodney, Florio they did a little breakdown of week three. They did that. They taped that last night. Were you not invited? So, no, I was, I was at home. I, even if I was invited, he I wasn't no. going. I'm going. I've had enough for the week. <laughs> These guys got to work at some point during the week, okay? I can't do everything. <laughs> but it's available on YouTube. Check that out. The Mike Tarico podcast. I'm sure he's got a big guest coming on this week. He always has someone. Last week he had Baker Mayfield. That was a great conversation. Check that out. But Tarico, Tony, Rodney, Florio, week three recap. Always a good listen. And Tony and Rodney always going to give some great defensive insight to what they saw uh, with the days of games and everything like that.
2: Deep dive time. Deep dive time. I think it's good that the people selected Ravens Chiefs. Me too. That's what I would have voted for. Yep. Hopefully you would have voted for the same thing. I would have definitely been in my top. Yes, for sure. And we – I think we are talking about it before. I feel like we, we've talked about Mahomes already today, but that was before we started the show. Yeah. So where do you want to start, Kansas City offense, Ravens D? What part? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think the first thing that
1: I just – got to start with is, you know, just as far as the Kansas City offense and just some big picture things that jump out to me, I've just never seen anything like it. Right. I really – and I, I this might be the second week in a row we're saying this, but it's – it's the greatest downfield passing offense we've seen in the history of the NFL.
2: Do you, like, do you, like, say that to yourself in your head? And, like, it yeah. and be like, boy, should I really? I mean, that, that, that's a giant statement. Should I really go that hard?
1: Yeah. No, I know. It's a giant statement. And, I, in fact, it came out when I was talking to a giant. His name was Phil Sims. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. He talked about it. And I'll, and we were on the phone last night. We were on the phone. My Sunday Night Football was going on. He always calls. Hey, what's going on? Oh, did you see this? See that? And – I just went. I mean, I go. Oh, the Chiefs just unbelievable, and he just went. Krisher? <laughs> I It's 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 just. I, it's the greatest downfield passing offense I've ever
2: seen. And I said, it is, Dad. I was like, that is not an overstatement. Who comes to mind like up there when you say that? Like, okay, I guess they are better than. I mean, you always think that. of like the greatest
1: show on turf yeah.
2: Kurt Warner and the Rams. But yeah. they
1: did it a lot of different ways. I mean, there was a lot of throws in that offense where, like, here, Marshall, you're four yards behind the line of scrimmage, now run 70. It's a nice mismatch, there was a, There was a lot of other things that worked on there. But, you know, the way they threw the ball down the field, the 2007 Patriots, mm-hmm. that's another one. Um, the, the Randy Moss Vikings, as Pete, Peter gets in my head. I mean, yeah, Air Correale from the Chargers back that was in the day. awesome, yeah. You know, I mean, hey – uh, even the Steelers with like Bradshaw and Stallworth and Swan there, mm-hmm. they weren't known for that. But towards the end of their run there, they were phenomenal at throwing the ball deep down the field. Hey, Dan Marino in the mid-80s, yeah. you know Elway and the three Musketeers, they could find ways to push the that ball down the, the field. That's why you brought it up
2: because, I mean, just in, in our lifetime. They're, it's, they're there's been a
1: lot of good ones.
2: Yeah. But nothing messes with this. Because?
1: Because of the constant pressure of the play design, the constant pressure, all right, I'm going to say this. To, the guy's, he's bordering on the greatest thrower I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, I thought Aaron Rodgers was the greatest thrower I've ever seen in my life. And Patrick Mahomes, through his second full year as a starter, week three is making me question that Aaron Rodgers is the second greatest <laughs> throw I've ever seen. I mean, it's just amazing. The throws off balance, the throws mm-hmm. fading away, the pinpoint uh, location of balls that are 40 yards down the field, and you just go, oh. Right. You know, he's, he's boring us to death. With 18-yard touchdown passes to DeMarcus Robinson where his feet are, like, in the air and not even towards the target, but his arm is, like, so yeah. flexible. It's, like, touches the back of the ground behind him, and he can just fling
2: it. It's just I've never seen anything like it. And we were talking about it before the podcast started. And you used a great word. He's, he's so young already, but we're getting numb, or we're in danger of getting numb to these of things because he does it six or eight times a game. Right. And it's so special compared to even – other terrific throwers that we've seen. Yeah. That becoming numb to what he does every single Sunday or Monday or Thursday, I think is a danger. It's a first class problem to it, have. It is a first-class it's problem. It's a danger for us fans.
1: Yeah, we gotta well, we gotta make sure we keep giving it its due justice because yeah, 374 and three touchdowns and like not through screen passes and like, oh I I we did a shovel pass and the guy mm-hmm. ran for 70 yards. Like you know, Patrick Mahomes for the most part, when he throws for 374, he threw for 374. Yeah. It's not like, oh, we threw seven wide rec- wide receiver screens and we also hit a few running back screens and we tricked the defense on the oh shit play a right. few times. No. And, you know, for the most part it's a lot of balls through the air and it's just the just the relentless relentless just, uh, what do I want to say, pressure that Andy Reid puts on you not only with different verticals, like, passing schemes down the field, it's just vertical, 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 Mm -hmm. horizontal. Oh, horizontal. Oh, here's a wide receiver screen. Oh, here's a speed sweep. Oh, here's an outside zone run. Okay, so now that you got you thinking, oh, my gosh, we're going deep, we're going sideways. Oh, damn, there's Kelsey over the middle. Oh, damn. They trapped us up the middle. McCoy runs for 10 yards up the middle. Right. You know, so they have you, just like every great offense, and I say this a lot, they make you defend every square inch of the field. But first what they do is they stretch you out vertically and horizontally, vertically and horizontally, and then they start to go, oh, now they open in the middle of the field's open. We'll hit a few there, and then you'll right. condense down, and we'll start taking our shots on the outside again.
2: So, as I was watching them this morning when I heard from you and heard that we were going to be talking about this game in a yep. deep dive sense, I'm watching and thinking a lot of the similar things, a lot of wow, yep. a lot of, boy, this is really cool to be watching this. And I'm trying to think of something to do besides just compliment the Andy Reid-Patrick Mahomes combination. Right, right. If you were the quarterback coach in Kansas City, yep. and let's say the Wednesday-Thursday practice where – Everybody goes with his position, Coach, and you're taking 30, 45 minutes just to work on something where you have to get better. We're going to take this time to work on a deficiency. Right. What would you do on Wednesday and Thursday with Mahomes? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, To help him get better.
1: Honestly, again, I think I would probably still go back to their run game. Like, and I I know it's not him, but as Mm -hmm. an offense, I still look at them and go – they're going to play the Patriots at some point, mm-hmm. whose secondary is really damn good, and they're going to have a coach throw a few things at them that's going to go, I'm, I'm ready for what you got, and I got a few curveballs for you too. Talking about the, the team run game. The team like run game. game. I'm talking about talking the individual player, the player. Shit, there's nothing. Really? I don't see anything where I just sit there and go, gosh, he needs to work on this. Mm-hmm. Not right now. I yeah. mean, he throws the ball in rhythm when people are open and does that. He has tremendous feel in the pocket. You know, again, you know, whether it's, oh, the pocket's clean. He never panics and, like, is moving around a little like we've seen Baker do last night a few times where he goes, the pocket's clean. What are you, yeah. what are you dancing from? Yeah. There's nothing to dance from. You know, when Mahomes gets that,
2: he just hunkers in there and goes, okay, my feet are planted. Get ready. But a lot of times his feet are not planted. Like, he's really good, and Far was kind yeah, of good at this, right, too, right. where he just he's so comfortable falling backwards that I, I wondered if you would see something like that and be like, you know what? That's awesome you can do that because yes. the game is going to dictate sometimes where sure. you have to be able to sure. make that throw. Right. But let's not make it our go-to where you're falling away when you don't have to.
1: Yeah, no, Would you I, mess with that at all? I, I don't because I, I haven't seen it enough to where I feel like it's hurting him yet. Like, you're right. There's a few times, like even last week, I think on one of the go routes where okay. you just go – she yeah. could have just stood there and throw it. And I'm reaching he kinda, here. I know we're all reaching. I'm, I'm reaching for something that's not it, a criticism,
2: it, but maybe something to think about it, it's, trying
1: to make better. It's, it's one of the few – I mean, if you're going to say one thing, it's very nitpicky. Yeah. Yeah, but because there's still enough throws to where I go, oh, the pocket was clean, the guy was open, his feet were in the right spot, he made the throw. Right. If I started to start seeing, like, oh, man – he missed a few, like 10 and 15 yard completions because he's being too fucking cool with his feet or like fading away. Then I would start to tell you that. He but, did it
2: once, but then I mean, in yeah, the beginning but, of the year. But, but
1: yeah. yeah, okay. And then, again, I mean, it's going to happen here or there. But overall, it's just the the pressure that they put on you, their ability to protect, okay. Uh, I think are just, again, those are things I look at that just go phenomenal. You know, the Ravens, the reason I picked the, the, the Chiefs to win the game is. Can the Ravens really rush the passer? It's still a concern to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a little disappointed with the Ravens' game plan in general. How so? Just didn't think they threw as many curveballs at them as I was expecting. You know, it's uh, early on in the game, there was a lot of man-to-man coverage. I uh, feel like they made the game easy on them. I think with an offense like Patrick Mahomes and then – you got to do some different alignments, some maybe crazy zone blitzes, zone coverages in general that just make Andy Reid and him think a little bit. I thought they kind of played it too straightforward early on, and uh, you know I think it came back to bite them just because they got off to you know once they got got used to things after the first quarter, mm-hmm. they caught fire in the second quarter, and that was that was ball game. That was
2: all she wrote. Defensively, are you talking about that the scheme was too easy to decipher, or they didn't give them enough? Different looks? Yeah,
1: I think a little bit of both. Yeah, I I, I think it's, yes. I like, you know, like like we talk about with New England or even Baltimore last year, they did a few things against the Chiefs where, you know, guys are at the line of scrimmage, they're dropping out. Ooh, it looks like this coverage, but ooh, it ended up being something else. There was none of that that went on. And then, you know, I think Baltimore still has some moving parts on their defense that they're trying to get everybody used to and up to speed to the way they want to. Get a new linebackers, new safety in Earl Thomas. You know, they were banged up at corner. Um, but I just think without Jimmy Smith, mm-hmm. right, uh, and being in the game, they couldn't just sit there and go, oh, we're just going to man up the Chiefs. That's not going to happen. Right. I mean, it's not. And, and really – with Jimmy Smith, I don't know if they could do that. Like, the, the Chiefs should have le- – I mean, the Ravens should have left Kansas City yesterday and called Jacksonville one more time <laughs> to go, are you sure you don't want to give us Jalen Ramsey? Because <laughs> I don't know if they can beat this Chiefs team with the team that they have right now. And um, I don't think Jim Harbaugh would necessarily coached the game to give them the chance to win the game the right way either if we want to get into that. I, I think it's John.
2: John, did I say Jim? Jim probably didn't coach the way
0: he wanted to either. Well, Jim, Jim sucked,
1: and I like saying that. John (laughs)
2: does not suck. John is awesome. I Uh, think we can take a yeah. I agree. I think we can take a listen to John. Is that correct? Here we go. We we had a mindset that we were going to come in and we're going to try to score as many points as we could. So that's what we tried to do. You know, and I know I know we all felt the same way. You know, Lamar felt the same way we all did. We're we're going to keep playing that way just for the record. So when you write your article, just understand that we'll disagree with your criticism. You know, we're going after it. That's the way we're going to play all year. So.
1: Okay. Okay, cool. I'm glad. I'm, I'm, listen, I, am, I don't want this to go un, unnoticed, okay? He I, is a hell of a coach. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best head coaches in football. I'm not going to believe that propaganda he just tried to throw at me right there. Which part of it? Well, I don't know. First off, from the very get-go, going for, for two. Oh, we're going to be a great well, – you haven't gone for two all year. I saw you scored 97 points against the Dolphins the first three touchdowns of the year. You didn't go for two. Right. You know, I watched you last week against the Arizona Cardinals. You didn't go for two. So, you decide to go to Kansas City, and now is when you want to get in the pissing match with that team? That's when you want to go, oh, I want to get in the shootout this week. I just feel like they kind of played – into Kansas City's hands a little bit through the game. Not only with that, okay, the game's seven to six. The defense is kind of hanging in there early. Kansas City's having a hard time getting in a rhythm. Fourth and two on your own 40, what was it, own 47-yard line. Go for it, okay. I got no problem with that. I I, I do. I do. That early on, on the road, like, what are you trying to do? It's seven-six. You Mm -hmm. know – Aren't you the Ravens? Aren't you like your defense is, is
2: your team? Like to but me, but they see the same thing you do in Patrick Mahomes,
1: right? Okay, best passer in
2: the game right they now. They held
1: him to 27 last year in overtime, and he needed three miracles to get to 27. I mean, it was three miracles, maybe four. That's I mean, how a miracle? I know, <laughs> but he did it. I mean, and I understand he scares you, but I also don't. I think they gave that offense life a little bit. Mm-hmm. I do. I think you know. Oh, okay, they scored a touchdown at 7-6. It's kind of a slugfest. Fourth and two in the middle of the field. Okay, we're going to go for it uh, and give them the short field and then kind of get them going to where, oh, shit, we're rolling now. And they went I mean, for it
2: fourth and one earlier in that
1: They drive. And, and it did. It worked out. And I understand some of his aggressive plays worked and all of that. But I just think I look at that. Here's he, a question on yeah, that one. Yeah,
2: go ahead. Go ahead. Better odds for converting fourth and two or your defense stopping Patrick Mahomes in the next drive?
1: Well, I, I'm going to go with the defense. Really, I am against
2: against the best downfield. Well, gosh, they had stopped him.
1: I know, but they had stopped him the first three series before. I'm going to make him show it to me first that it's Mm -hmm. all working that day, and I have a great defense. Who I mean, man, they paid a lot of money to some of those guys on that defense. They're they're allowed to stop teams too. Yeah, you know, I just I just didn't agree with the mindset. Let alone they came out trying to throw the football. Uh, I feel like they tried to go like, oh no, we're we're also one of the greatest shows on turf, and I want to go. No, you're not. You're really awesome, but what you do is control line of scrimmages. You muck games up. You play defense, and then Lamar will make some throws here and there. Mm-hmm. But don't come out trying to, like, out Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. And that's what I felt like they did a little bit, and that's what I think it just didn't play to their style of game. And then, then they were down 30-10 to 10, or 30-13. to 13. Right. And I just feel like they got stuck in a style that was not conducive to what they do. Then all of a sudden, oh, we're down. Oh, we can't rely on our run game, which we, all we've talked about is we're, how great we're going to be running the football. Mm-hmm. And then they get into that. So then they go down 30 to 13, or, or 23 to 13, I should say. After they were up, well, six yeah, nothing. six nothing. Now they're down 23 to six. They start the second half and they run the ball almost every play, and they go right down Kansas City's throat and score a touchdown. And now it's 23 to 13. Um, and of course. That was it, though. The Chiefs' offense had already found their rhythm, and that was the game from that
2: standpoint uh, as far as that goes. So, so I'm watching the Chiefs' offense yeah, this morning. right. Saw a couple plays that I'm like, I don't want to just talk about this. I, wanna, I want Chris to look at it. I want to get familiar with what they're doing here. I yeah. want to draw it up and explain why I feel this is special. Right. And see what you think about the scheme. Sure. And also see how you would defend it. I, I've, I've given you the chance to be the quarterback coach for the Chiefs during the week. Yes. Now I'm going to give you a chance to be a defensive consultant. Thank to you. See, to see how, how you would stop one of these plays. Sure. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Before we get up to the whiteboard, yeah. I circled on your notes yeah. that you wrote the Chiefs will stretch you horizontally and vertically. Yeah, right. And that plays into perfectly into what I want to take a look yep. at Yep, cool. Let's All do right. it. Yep, I like it. And a couple weeks ago when we were talking about the Cowboys offense and what Kellen Moore is doing with it. Yeah, right. You made mention of the fact that they make you defend the entire field right, right now with the yes. way they're calling plays. And I, yep. I think that was Let's mostly an East-West thing. Yeah, with, with all their formations and motions and, and what they're doing there. Yeah, right. This is going to be more uh, with the Chiefs of how they are stretching you out vertically. Yep. I know it's something that you made reference to as well. Yep, and I think so, the play you're going to show
1: me – I think I know the play you're
2: going to show me here. You think you've got it down already? Well, I think it's, you're going to show me the touchdown
1: play to McCole Hardman up the yeah. seam for the long one for the – what was that, 83 yards, 84 yeah. yards? Yeah.
2: Might be getting to that. Right. Before we do, just right. for a little bit of context. Yeah. I'm going to grab this pen here. So, when a team – attempts to stretch a defense vertically there are some landmarks uh that the offenses and defenses know sure okay so let's start out in the middle of the field if you're thinking seams deep ends maybe a skinny post you're in here and defenses know this just as well let's say 18 to 20 yards sure every offensive coordinator going to say that ball's got to come out yeah you hit the fifth step it's got to be 18 to 20 yards no doubt about it okay so that's there if you take a a shot over the top on a deep post right I say fifty to fifty-five. Yeah. Doesn't happen that often, but yeah. that's kind of what you're looking for. Yeah, right. If they're gonna go down the side, they're gonna run down on the, the nine route, yeah. The go. Every every coach will tell you 48 and 50 yards downfield. That's what we're looking for. Somewhere down in there, the, yes, right. Corners know that, safeties know that, nickelbacks know it. Yep. So here's what the Chiefs did on the play that you mentioned, yep. the touchdown. Right. They come in motion here. Okay, he's going to come up and just run a little sit route at right, about ten yards. Right, right. He gets and he gets Earl Thomas to jump up That's, and cover him right away. Right, that, that yes. was what made it work. Right, wide receiver runs vertical. Okay. Yep. Hartman's going to run a vertical as well. Yeah. Inside seam. Right. Kelsey kind of gets out here. I don't think he was ever really going to be a factor, so nope. he does that. Okay, so if you're a defense, you're and what thinking, they do here, the back, the, the back go
1: out here on the wide route here. I could pull it up on there. Got if me on that. Say one. it, but I'm either way, sure yeah, I can't remember team. either.
2: Right, either way, don't worry. So, defensively they're thinking we're looking in here for these seam routes right Patrick Mahomes threw a seam route okay not an up and over no but a fastball he hit him 35 yards downfield right and from back here he took five steps so he he threw a seam route 45 yards downfield right so this is something that you talked about earlier oh I guess you know arm strength doesn't matter talent doesn't matter who else is throwing a seam route with that kind of pace and that kind of speed, not over the top, not in the middle where they're expecting it, no. but right here at 35 yards right. is something that, okay, schematically, this is nothing new. Right. Verticals, a sit, it's, it's a, the fact that they're hitting him with a fastball 35 yards downfield. What does a defense do? To stop that uh, yeah look, that's
1: new oh it is new I mean well I mean to, thank you for first off accentuating the point of like arm strength does matter you're right because yeah they're they have no fear of calling these plays ever because they know he can deliver and throw it with great ease and he can hit this on the money just like he can hit a 20 or a 15 yard completion right over the middle because he's that gifted wise but yeah the defense is also because of what you're saying they're different landmarks and where to attack Right. they're just not thinking oh, wait, I should be looking for a ball here at this part of the field? You know, usually I've already, like, okay, I've hit one part of the field where I look for a ball, and if it's not from there, now I'm thinking it's going to be way farther down the field, right, like a deep post or a deep corner or a straight go route. And I don't know who messed this up as far as the coverage goes. Okay. I, I could, if yeah, it, if you, you want to do name, it? Go names. ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. you think it was Earl, Earl all Thomas the way? Earl dropped down to here. I'm pretty sure, too, that he, it was Earl. Was right there. I would think that Earl took the bait, and the way he yeah. reacted on film, too, is he kind of went like this as soon as he saw He knew right throw, away. Right.
2: He knew right away. Right.
1: You could defend it two different ways, to where either he does this and he carries this guy up the seam, or – you know, he kind of c- can play down here in this curl flat area, and this guy would almost 2 and one them and maybe steal it if possible, where this guy's underneath to protect like an route or a comeback. But if he stays wide enough, that's really tough. Behind. Right. A guy yeah. like Patrick Mahomes is going to go, oh, it's 2-1-1. Yeah. Whichever way he guesses, I'm going to the other one. Right. But it's the tremendous pressure they put on you with formations, putting three receivers to one side. Oh, gosh, we can't play straight man-to-man with this either, because if we. We go straight man-to-man, then I'm going to have to leave a linebacker or somebody one-on-one with Travis Kelsey in the backside so the corner stays backside because they know he's legit. So, they have to play a zone match type of coverage. And, yeah, Andy Reid through study just said, you know, let me put them in a bind somehow and this part of the field's open. Let me just throw right here. And he played like two-on-one ball with this this group of guys. And I think he just tried to read Earl Thomas. And if Earl went deep, he was going to throw the guy over the middle. If Earl went shallow... I'm going to look at that seam and try
2: to throw it in there, and he did. And just the ability to access this part of the field, this Is, far downfield, with that ty- that kind of a ball, it's like a pitcher saying, okay, I've got a fastball, a slider, uh, a curveball that breaks pretty well, and an off-speed. And, oh, yeah, I've got this other pitch that nobody else has either. Yes. And that's kind of what they have in attacking the field right
1: there. They're amazing. And he's got nine million different ways to find 15- and 20-yard completions. Right. Andy Reid. Yeah, that's why it's it's so fun to watch. I mean, um, I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything. You know, I mean, I talked about his poise in the pocket again, Mahomes, which is so amazing. You know, we talked about the pass pro that I love. Uh, I wrote that he is the best thrower I have ever seen. And they're the most high-flying offense I've ever seen. So that was
2: it. We hit all the things with the Chiefs offense. Um, One question about about defending them. Right. We've made mention, or you've made mention a couple of times, and I have taken note about Seattle beaters on on defense. Yeah, right. Seattle was so good and so much better than everybody else team-wise and personnel-wise for a long time recently that teams developed Seattle beaters. Right. Do you see any hints of defenses getting close to Kansas City beaters?
1: I mean, okay, there's – there's two game plans that jump out to me. First off, the, AFC, the, the both time the Patriots played them last year, the Patriots gave him a lot of different looks in the first game when they beat them on Monday night up in New England, right? Last year, mm-hmm. gave him different looks. Remember, he threw some interceptions early on in the game that guys dropped out of the line of scrimmage. I don't think he saw. Oh, I got a crosser open. Oh, Dante Hightower looked like he was in a blitz, but he dropped out. Man, he tricked me. Um, they had somebody for every time he scrambled to the right. They had somebody there to go, oh, you want to scramble to the right? We've noticed on film not every time you do it. So when you do it, we're going to have somebody there. New England did that, right? right. So they did that in game one. And then in the AFC Championship game, they played a coverage that nobody's ever played in the history of football. They played man-to-man across the field, and the free safety doubled Tyree Kill every play. So they basically played it like cover zero. They doubled Tyree Kill, played man-to-man against the other receivers, and then played 2-on-1 with the linebackers and the running back when he came out of the field. The running back went to the left. This linebacker took him. He went to the right. That linebacker took him. And whoever wasn't taking him just watched Patrick Mahomes in case he scrambled. Yep. That's what they did. So those are two games they lost last year where it was Bill Belichick, genius, let alone talent in the secondary.
2: It's a, it, In such a copycat league, why? Yeah. How come other teams aren't trying this?
1: Because they, they're afraid. They can't coach all the ways. Like, oh, what happens with like, things like, oh, we're going to double team a guy when they do this? All of a sudden they get shifted or motioned into a bunch and the defense messes up their calls and somebody ends up scot-free. Well, Bill's smart. He knows how to coach through all that stuff, even though it's very difficult. That's why he's fucking Bill Belichick. Right. You know, so he did that. The other game plan that jumped out to me a little, Chargers. On the, what was it, a Saturday night game in Kansas City last year? Yes. And the Seattle Seahawks, who I believe was also a Sunday night game uh, last year in Seattle. Now, that was the Seattle scheme. But what they did was, like, they really backed off. And they called the bluff of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, where they said, we're not going to let you throw anything deep. Can you guys be patient and run the ball and throw the ball underneath? And they weren't. They were not capable of doing it. I think they are now, and I think Patrick Mahomes is smart enough and they have enough ways to throw the ball underneath to where you're not going to be able to pull that off on them again. But those are the things I would say. you got to throw some curveballs at them. Yeah. you got to mix up coverages. I think those are the, the biggest things. But you, he's going to make his plays. You're not going to just stop them.
2: They're doing all this without Tyree Kill. I, right. I think what stood out to me, though, about what you just mentioned, it wasn't yeah. a scheme or personnel. It was the Patriots having the balls to play this coverage it, where it, you could very likely get out of sorts. Definitely, yes. It's a, that's, that's
1: the big thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, that's why he's special, though, because he's got the balls to do those type of things. And then the, the, the smarts to coach it in those five or six formations where most coaches would go, whoa. This is too much here. I can't ask. There's three receivers here. I can't ask her, my two guys, to double this one guy while we're all playing man to man because if one gets picked off, Mm -hmm. then somebody's wide open, whatever. And no, they find the right way to do that, let alone their secondary is the best secondary in football. So that goes with it. So, um, is there anything we want to talk about? Yeah, we got to talk about the Ravens' offense versus the Chiefs' D. Um, Okay. Here's the, the first thing that jumps out to me. Chiefs defense, you've listened to me the first two weeks. They they got the three S's I wrote. Simple, sound, and size. Uh, to me, that's, that's always a good recipe for a good defense. They're simple. They're sound in what they do. There's no mess-ups. That's been a big issue for them. They have size. They did a great job of disguising in some obvious passing situations. That might be a board thing we do n- or later in the week. Just on third downs. Nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. Just like... Simple complexities, just a cool way to play Tampa 2, but you would have never expected it to be Tampa 2 if you're the quarterback and as you're getting the shotgun snap, you're going, oh, it looks like it's going to be man-to-man like robber coverage. What? It's Tampa 2. So those are little things I look at. Um, You know, talking about the disguises, Ravens pass the ball too much. Uh, Ravens pass it too much. Uh, Yes, I thought they passed it too much early on in the game. I do. I think they got way too into let's pass the ball, and it wasn't until the second half. Also, yeah, they passed the ball too much. It's 20-6, to and all of a sudden they decided we're going to be the greatest show on turf again, and we're going to try to go score, and we're going to throw every play before the half's over. Oh, you know what happened? They ended up having to punt the ball, and they gave Kansas City the ball back with one minute and 18 seconds left. And they went down and got a field goal, so a 20 to six lead became a 23 to six lead. The 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 Baltimore Ravens, I know, would have bled the clock and gone. Maybe we kick a field goal as the half is expiring, but we're not going to give Patrick Mahomes the ball one more time. Right. So that, to me, was different, too. I don't, I don't understand that.
2: Maybe they got a little overconfident with the way they scored on that first drive. Maybe. This is just my, right. my scribble notes from watching it. Yep. But I think in the 13-play touchdown drive, they only had three running back runs. And the rest of it was a mix of run-pass action. It was, yes. Lamar you're right. keeping it, Lamar dropping back, making a nice throw, play-action setup, play-action boot. Yeah. Where most of what they did was taking advantage of his improvement in the pocket and the fact that the best weapon they have offensively is his make-you-miss in yes. the pocket and outside the
1: pocket. Well, well the, just like the bread and butter for the Kansas City Chiefs is Mahomes throwing the ball down mm-hmm. the field – the, the, the Ravens out-thought themselves in this one. Their bread and butter is Lamar Jackson's ability to run the ball and all the different things they can do in their run game scheme. Yeah. Not, oh, we can spread it out and throw it like Patrick Mahomes. So, again, it's still like a lot of things I like. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to be totally negative on Lamar Jackson or Baltimore. Well, you bring just, up a good point. I just feel like they got
2: away from what they really are right, as a football team to a degree. 43 passing attempts. and pre- that, That's right. a career high. Previous high was – Mid to high 30s, 30s. 37.
1: 43 passing attempts and, and, and two miracles to make it not look like a blowout. Let's have a fourth and not three, not like Mahomes did last year. But remember, a fourth and five, I'm going to get sacked and let me throw yeah. the ball up. The guy gets it at the one yard line. A third and 17, run to the right sideline and throw it all the way across to the left sideline. That should have been intercepted. That ended up being a completion. Mm-hmm. So those two plays there, this game is going to get ugly because of the style of play they played up until that point. So I just. I didn't understand that. I, I just felt like I wrote this down a number of times. They forgot who they are. They out-thought themselves in this one, tried to be too cute, and uh, I think it kind of got them away from what
2: they're best at. It's a fine line between realizing your quarterback is a lot better than he was last year yeah. and taking advantage of that, uh, as you pointed out, right, getting away from your identity a little bit. Too. Yeah, that's,
1: I just thought a little too much. And, it, it, you know, again, you know, I, I don't say that. I'm not, I don't think it's crazy. Like Baltimore can go to Kansas City – in the playoffs with the right game plan. And if they can cause a turnover or do something, they can win a football game there. But it's got to be the right way. They're not going to win it in a shootout. I know that. Would you have had Lamar carry himself more? We're I, I, talking about running backs. Just run running backs more in general. I just wanted to see more of the run game in general because I think that is their golden ticket. Uh, you know, we talk about so much about, you know, just teams are used to spread football. Teams are not used to guard through the hole, tackle through the hole, fullback through the hole, oh, running back through the hole, and now the quarterback's got the ball? I mean, that's, that's, to me, their golden ticket is to be able to do that. And that's where they were beautiful the first two weeks because they forced teams to stop that, and then it made the passing game wide open, where I felt like in this game they went
2: out and went, Mm-hmm. We're going to catch them off guard. I would imagine in the next 13 weeks there will be some other teams that have that Mahomes effect as well. I, I would think so, too. Get a little too. bit away from that. Yeah, you and get it, away. You get scared. Where normally you can score 27 and right. feel good. Hey, we got to score 37 right. this week. Ready for some more headlines? Yeah, let's do it. i want going to get back into the deep dive with the Buccaneers and Giants here yeah. momentarily. Okay. That would be a good one as well. Right. Headline of Rams-Browns last night. <sighs> The Browns have no identity.
1: That's, that's where I want to say. I said this early this morning on, on Pro Football Talk, and you know, I, actually when I got done, I know uh, Odell Beckham Jr. came out and said this as well, but uh, I am, I'm a believer in identity, okay? First off, I don't want to take away credit from the Rams. The Rams are really battle-tested, tough, don't lose games, um, do so many things the right way to win those type of football games. But Cleveland, you know, not battle-tested. But the biggest thing to me is just the offense in general. Um, again, what 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 are we trying to do, really? I just don't know what the Browns
2: are. What would are. you like for the identity to be? I,
1: it, to me, it's one of two things. It's either two tight ends, two tight ends on the field, let's play smash-mouth football and start to make teams, put extra people in the box, and then when we get one-on-one outside, we're going to hit Odell and Jarvis Landry and do that. It's either that or it's – Take a page from the Houston Texans, and every play is designed for Odell Beckham Jr., and we're going to make you stop him. And then when you do, then you'll start to see Will Fuller and all these other guys catch the ball. Mm-hmm. But it's got, to me, those would be the two things you can hang your hat on that can work right. on a week-to-week basis that will get defenses to get out of their comfort zone to go, ooh, we have to stop this if we want to beat them. And then you can
2: build off of that. Which of those two identities do you think suits Baker Mayfield best?
1: I, I think the Odell Beckham Jr. thing suits o, uh, Odell Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. thing suits Baker best. I don't think it suits the team best. Okay, I think they're best off to run the football, even with an offensive out.
2: line that's been. Yeah,
1: questioned. well, but again, again, last night running the ball wasn't as big as an issue. It was the pass protection. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not a bad run blocking offensive line. This is something that's jumped out to me since the preseason. What their issue was last night and the theme of the game and, and Collinsworth hit on this a little, but more than anything that just jumped out to me, is I mean, the Rams don't have to blitz. Right. They, their front four can get there all game long. It's the luxury every quarter. Number 99 wants. and 56 yeah. can whoop anybody's ass in football one-on-one. And Fowler and Donald, let alone, ooh, we're not a great pass-protecting O-line with guys like Greg Robinson and, you know, our right guard, Cush, and things like that, they were outmatched. So then, therefore, they couldn't call some of the pass plays they wanted. I mean, how many times did Collinsworth mention, look at all these pass, how quick he's getting out of his hands. Yeah. yeah they didn't want to call those plays. They, they had to. to. Yeah. They had no other choice. Or it was going to be strip sack fumble or Baker getting hit and the ball flying in the air and somebody intercepting it. So I think the best thing that gives them a chance is to run the football, play a little more smash mouth. It might not be as sexy, but their defense, as you see, mm-hmm. is, is pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, their defense is good. It's played good all three weeks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they can do it all. Uh, they got a little of everything on that side of the ball. Offensively is where they just got to find what it is they want to be awesome at and then build off of
2: that. A lot of compliments about the Rams have been uh, woven in here throughout they got, you the got last to. 30 or 40 minutes. Yeah. You said you think Dallas and L.A. are the best teams in the NFC. Yeah. Which one's better right now? Thoroughly. Um, only three weeks. Yeah, I know. Who, who's won?
1: I would give Dallas the edge, but just by a little. Just by, just by a little. One to one A, maybe. Yeah, one to one okay, A. We'll go I, I got such respect for the Rams and Sean McVeigh and the way he coaches his team and Wade Phil. I mean, you know, again, you know, they sat back there because of the front four that we just talked about and you're sitting there watching. the Gosh, they're getting around Baker Mayfield every time he holds the ball. They never had a play man-to-man last night. I'll be interested mm-hmm. when I watch the film. I don't think they ever had a play man. They played zone the whole night. Every time I looked up, Aqib Talib, Marcus Peters were nine, ten yards off the ball, looking at the receiver, looking at the quarterback, you know, knew that they didn't have to get in the face. So, hey, our front four's got the run game. Don't worry. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. We don't need to stop them. I got linebackers underneath that'll stop all the short passes. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, um, they're a
2: talented team and, and well-coached at that, too. Thinking about another team that hasn't lost yet in yeah. the NFC. It's a lo- kind of a roundabout way of getting to the Lions yeah. and the Eagles. Headline there. You never wake up a sleeping lion. Roar.
0: That's
2: a
1: new voice. Uh, The, the, am impressed by the Lions, okay? I guess I feel like a jerk because I'm looking at this through the eyes of the losing team more. But when I just look at the Eagles right now, I go, man, can't rush the passer and can't cover people. Not a good
2: combo. Which one of those two things is the bigger
1: surprise? Um, I think the not ability to rush the passer is probably a, a more shocking to me. I don't think Fletcher Cox is totally himself. That's a, that's a good D line. That's I You're mean, just it, talking
2: about the Rams being able to get there with no four. doubt,
1: and the Eagles have been able to get there right? over the last two years. Yeah, yeah, when they're healthy, they can. But I don't think Fletcher Cox is himself. He's not as dominant as he's been. Uh, you know, Brandon Graham has not popped off the edge. Barrett has not popped off the edge. They lose Malik Jackson to injury. So Schwartz is in a bind, you know, because he wants to get some pressure at the quarterback, but he's leaving his corners who are just not great cover man-to-man type corners, like lockdown kind of guys. He's leaving them in some vulnerable spots, and they've gotten toasted because of it.
2: Jets-Patriots headline. Um, (laughs) What would you expect? Right. I mean, come on. I want to see the Patriots break a sweat. My gosh. It's unreal. You ever seen a 3-0? That looked so easy. They almost looked bored. No,
1: I think they were bored yesterday. Once they got up thirty to nothing, I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of people out there that had action on the game. Or like, come on, wake Pers- up! Right? You got to cover that twenty-two and a half point spread. You're getting you're getting scary here. And then still would have covered it. Yeah. Sleeping through the second half, but Jared Cinham throws the pick six, and now Tom's got to put his helmet on. But they're <laughs> they're yes, they've been fortunate to play three dysfunctional teams. Yeah. One in which we didn't expect the Steelers to be dysfunctional right. to start the year, but they capitalize on it, and they don't – they lower their level, but not to, like, the level of, like, where we're concerned. Like, they lower the level and they only go up 30 to nothing instead of 50 to nothing.
2: I think they're ready, and, you know, we're all ready to have them run this sprint and have somebody running next to them as they're yeah, running down the track. I mean, yeah. it would be fun to see them. Yeah, have to play in a, a game for four game. quarters. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's
1: coming. Like, like, well, let's, let's just see real, real quick. Who, who do they got coming up this week? Three and O bills. They got three and O bills. Week. The three and O bills At in the dildo bowl. OK, <laughs> they will get their money's worth in this game. I will say that I would be shocked if they blow the bills out of the water. All right,
2: the dildo. <laughs> game, Anything would still... be a non sequitur at this point. No, nah, yeah, yeah. nothing you can do after the dildo talk. No, Jets-Patriots headline. We hit that. We advanced all the way to the Bills, the Bills game next week. How about this? How about thinking of uh, three touchdown spread games? Yeah, Dolphins-Cowboys. Dolphins-Cowboys, you know,
1: uh, the the like. Holy run game dominance is what I want to talk about with the Cowboys. The Cowboys kind of slept walk. Yep. same. They, they were like the Patriots except like vice versa. Kind of slept walk early. Yeah. We're like, uh oh, I feel like they kind of played, you know, just they were a little loose. Dak Prescott was a little overly aggressive. You know, even on TV, I thought there was a few times where I was like, damn, you know, the 10-yard completion was there, but he threw it. He wanted the 40-yarder. Yeah. You know, there's just a little like over greediness early on in the game. But once they settled in, good teams make good plays. Teams like the Dolphins find ways to fuck the game up, and they did that with fumbling or dropping balls in the back of the end zone, whatever it may be. But Cowboys are clearly in the conversation for one of the best teams in the NFL.
2: Raiders-Vikings.
1: I mean, Zimmer ball is my headline. Zimmer ball. This is like, like we talked about with Green Bay early. I'm excited about what I'm seeing in Minnesota. Offense or
2: defense got you doing Both, but
1: the offense has got me feeling good. Yeah. And I know that like, people are going to be like, What? Kirk Cousins doesn't even – he's throwing for 170 yards. Good. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what's wrong with that? I don't – why does every – why do we have to see the quarterback throw for 400 yards to go, ooh, the offense is good? With an O-line and running back like that? Yes. Right? Play, play of the strengths of your mm-hmm. team. The strength of their team is not their drop back pass game. Most people can't name their third receiver on that right. team. I'm still working on that. But yeah, right. Yep. And Irv Smith, he showed himself yesterday the tight end position. Maybe he's now the next third option on that offense. But – You know, their defense is legit. We know that. They're staying patient with the run game. And they have arguably the most explosive running back in football. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to stop getting him touches. Right. I love that. And then you got a guy like Madison coming off the bench who's a starting running back for, like, 24 teams in football. Yeah. I mean, he's that explosive,
2: too. So, they're doing that. And then – you're talking about identity that you're looking for with Cleveland. Th- Thank you. Three weeks, this team has an identity. They have an identity. Yeah. Right. Remember We're going gonna... back, back in week one when Cousins completed eight passes, than right. 100. Yeah. Oh, it's an aberration. Oh,
1: it's an aberration.
2: No. I don't know. This is what they want. Yeah. They want Cousins to be like somewhere between 15
1: and 25 passes. They would love it. That's their wheelhouse because that means they're running the ball, they're playing defense, and – when they do drop back to pass, they're going to be more dangerous than they were last year. Yeah, he's not going to get 31 touchdowns and 10 interceptions like he did last year in 4,000 yards. Mm-hmm. No. But when he does strike, it's going to be, oh, damn, they're stealing on right. a deep post, first drive, double yeah. move, touchdown. Why, why was that? Oh, it's because they had to worry about Dalvin Cook, so yes. they went, oh, let's put an extra guy in the box, and now we're playing man-to-man outside
2: against Thielen and Diggs, and he, he hit him. And I then, think they're a more dangerous team going forward with their formula they have. And with that formula, then here comes the Gary Kubiak staple. Let's run the fake reach five yards out here. Let's boot ten yards this way and throw a drag 40 yards across the other side of the field. I mean, yeah. that was ten years ago what the Texans were doing. Yes, you're and right. And that, that showed up a couple times yesterday. It showed up. It Yeah, is. Yeah, they're going to do some of that stuff for sure. Uh, but they're, they're not going to
1: reinvent the wheel on the offensive side of the ball. And they're not going to let the offense lose them games, which they did last year. Not Kirk Cousins. He did not lose them games last year. The offense led them. They Mm -hmm. couldn't protect the passer. They sucked at running the football. You know, they were in the NFC Championship game, and they were the sixth rushing team in football. They didn't make the playoffs last year, and I believe they were the 28th rushing team in football, maybe lower than that. So don't
2: always blame Kirk Cousins. Uh,
1: They're doing the the thing that's right by what they have on their team.
2: We touched on the Bills a little bit already. Bengals, Bills, Buffalo unbeaten. I mean – the the Bills are like can't miss football right now. They're
1: like the most exciting, dysfunctional, all-over-the-place team going. What's your, f- your favorite part of that team? But Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, of course, love the defense. I'm a huge Sean McDermott fan. But Josh Allen, you know, he – they're never out of a game or in a tough situation because of them. Now, he can put them in some tough situations too. Yeah, right. The game is – what was it? they're completely controlling the football game, and he throws truly one of the most stupid interceptions we've seen this year. Yeah. Running backwards and tries to throw the ball 25 yards over the middle. Tropic Thunder. Right, full Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Full Tropic Thunder, and you never go full Tropic Thunder. And that jump started the Bengals to where it got them going. Okay, gave them the short field, they got a touchdown, and all of a sudden you're in a competitive football game. But their defense is real, and Josh Allen is a playmaker, and it makes them dangerous. You gotta, he's got to eliminate the
2: one or two bonehead things he does every game. Playmaker's too – it's right. It's, it's too general for his brand of playmaking. So, yeah. get beyond playmaking. Someone who would never seen him play before, and you couldn't use the term playmaker. Someone wanted to say, who's this Josh Allen guy? How does yeah. he play? Uh, what would you say? I, I would go, how does he play? He's like a raw, budding
1: superstar in this league right now. Like, he's a – it's a little reckless – it it's is. a little yeah. crazy. It's like Brett Favre of early days in Green Bay where you go like, I got to see this throw. This is unbelievable. And then three throws later you go, I got to th- see this throw. That was so fucking stupid. I can't <laughs> even believe he did it. But it still looked cool right? and I'm watching because yeah. you just you he, he's a little that way. And then, of course, they don't get away from the run game either. Um, but I, I do think just with him, man – Dawson Knox at Knox, at tight end showing some, like, breakability uh, at the tight end position. And the way they play defense, they're going to be a pain in the butt all year. They're going to be in this playoff conversation.
2: And so, Allen is going to be that same guy. I mean, yeah. he, a standard deviation or two better than what he is. Maybe not as many poor decisions. Right. Is the defense good enough to get this team to 10, 11 wins this year with Josh being at that point in his development? I, I do. I do think it's good enough. I think um, – you know, I just think
1: with the personnel they have, being good at all four levels, the way they're coached, splash a man-to-man, but you always hear me say, you know, game plan-specific zone coverage, you know, that's kind of nuanced for the team they're playing on a week-to-week basis. Mm-hmm. They're big up front on the offensive line. Yep. You know, he is, they are going to run the ball. And he puts you in a bind with his skill set. Because his ability to not only run, scramble, design quarterback runs. Mm-hmm. With his skill set, he makes you defend the whole field right. as a defen- defense. And then we talk about that with all the great offenses. Yeah, they might not be doing it as like the machine, the way the Patriots and the Chiefs are yet. Right. But because of him, you there's not a square inch of that field that you have to say, oh, we don't have to worry about it over there. Because – they don't attack it. No, they do because, because of his running ability and a big arm.
2: On Wednesdays, we've normally been spending more time with deep dives yeah. about what happened the previous week. But right. let's put some time into thinking about maybe doing like a deep dive preview. A, a, Patriots a little, build. Sure. I'm down for that. Get up on the board a little bit. Yeah, okay. Cool. Yep. Mental note. Cool. Final headline, Texans Chargers. Deshaun Watson. They needed that.
1: Is so fucking awesome. <laughs> He's amazing. I mean – um, I, he really is. The, he was the difference of the football game uh, in general. I mean, I, I think there's a, a few things here. Um, you know, Chargers getting off to the big lead. Why? One, because Deshaun Watson threw a backwards pass where I think he thought he was throwing to like he thought he threw the ball legally. You know, yeah. we were like, no, that's a lateral. <laughs> yes, we saw the running back he were throwing it to. He, did you see him do it? Sure. He's like pointing it like I, he was right there. But you know, I want to be like, no, it's a lateral. Doesn't matter if he's right there. You're going the wrong. That, way. Yeah, yeah, you're going the wrong <laughs> way. But that got them in the hole early on. Um, Chargers having chances to really put a game or put a team in a stranglehold for the second week in a row and yeah. not capitalizing. Yeah. You know, they're up 17-7 at the half. They get the ball to start the half. They knew they do nothing with it. They punt the ball. T- Texans go right down. Score right. Okay, so now you're at a 17-14 game. Chargers go down. They're driving. He fumbles. Rivers, right? Mm. So now they lose the ball. And, of course, you know, Deshaun Watson answers back again. And all of a sudden, yeah, we were up 17-7 in control of the game. And we're down 21-17. Chargers have three, of these, three or four of these games every year. They do. Yeah. They do. And it just shows you, you know, you win week one. And then you lose a game you should have won in week two against the Lions. And then, oh gosh, a team that's dangerous like the Texans, who can make some big plays, they mm-hmm. come in the town, and all of a sudden you're one and two. Going, damn, yeah. we were we were an inch away from being two and zero, oh, and we fumbled on the goal line in Detroit, or had a penalty, or whatever it is, and now we're sitting here going one and two. But I really think Deshaun Watson's just physical, his specialness as a player was the reason they win that game yesterday. I mean, some of those throws. Um, you know, the seam throws for the touchdown, the scramble down the middle. He's going to tuck the ball away, and as he's tucking it away, he sees that everybody's running at him, and he gets it back in the throwing position and throws it to Aiken over the middle, who runs for the long touchdown. I mean, I just look at Deshaun Watson some games and just go, man, this is – it's really special. It's Another wonderful. guy, it's, it's, we get, he gets lost in the shuffle because of Patrick Mahomes, totally. I think. Yeah. You know, where we just go, man, that's the sexiest guy we see every Sunday, number 15 in red. And I want to go, damn, number 15 in red is sexy, but let's not forget number four in red and blue because he's damn sexy too. And he's just a baller. And some of the throws he makes are just truly phenomenal.
2: Thinking is sexy, what's uh, Peter King got on the podcast?
1: Well, Peter King has Football Morning in America column each Monday. Also does a mini podcast off of that. So you can always check that out. Snippets of the column. He reads that on the mini podcast. Worth the listen. uh, Peter is on the show tomorrow, PFT Live, with me on Tuesdays, me, Mike Florio, the threesome that everybody wants to see. You know we like a good threesome. But come on, (laughs) Peter King, Football Morning in America column. It's the best column out there on a week-to-week basis in the NFL. Always great tidbits of knowledge, stories, whatever it may be. And then the little mini podcast he does, just to put it uh, verbally, And maybe add a little nuance that he can't through his writing. But Peter King Podcast, always worth the
2: listen. Back to the deep dive. As promised, Giants, (coughs) Buccaneers got to start Giants offense. Daniel Jones against the Bucs D. Well, we talked a lot about it already. But, I mean, I think the
1: first thing I noticed just from the the game, I mean, aggressive decisions, unaware of the pass rush. Yeah. Right? Um, You know – I wrote down doesn't need a clean pocket. No, that's 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 it, right? And for a kid making his first start, I just I'm amazed with how first start, and then yeah, you haven't played in a few weeks. You know yeah. what I mean? You know it's, it's not always easy when you get into that first action. You haven't been in preseason football or anything for a little while because you're just going, whoa, you know, Vita is big and and Damaconso is big, and whoa they're all around me, and it just feels like it's close quarters in here. Yeah. But uh, I think that was really the story of the game was. His, his aggressiveness and decision making, his movement, and then you're right, his ability to throw with people around him and not be affected mm-hmm. by that, and then still striking down the field with big time throws. I mean, come on. I mean, whether it's the, um, the throw in this, the second half, okay, you start the second half, Evan Ingram down the middle,
2: let's give him some love because Evan Ingram's becoming a superstar at the tight end position. And a very accurate throw. Right. It's perfect that a lot, that people say, he only threw it 12 yards. But he hit him in the exact Didn't spot stride. that allowed him to maintain that speed, right? And turn it into a touchdown. Turns the corner,
1: yeah. and then that, that, that gives you yes. It's little nuances like that that allow a oh that would have been a 40-yard completion to now it's a 70-yard completion because it was spot on and it gave him the ability, like you said, run full speed and outrun a Vernon Hargraves down the sideline to where if it's behind him, you know, who knows? it's behind him, he trips, he falls, he has to restart up. Who knows what it is? Somebody tackles him then, so uh, I think that's worth it. But the offense just so much better with Daniel Jones and because of the things we mentioned, his skill set. I mean, not only just the scrambles and the off-schedule stuff, but we saw, you know, boots boot legs we saw boot legs that were okay boot out and set up and now mm-hmm. we want you to set up and take a shot down the field yeah. we haven't seen any of that i mean the throws under duress like you talked talked about uh, second and 7 second and 7 second and goal from the 7 a read option yeah. score from the running back from the quarterback of the new york giants I mean, we've never seen that, okay, out of any Giants quarterback ever in the history, all right? So you're seeing that. I mean, I just was so impressed with his fearlessness in the pocket and just how he was not affected by people around him. And then they, of course, did put a good game plan around him uh, and everything else. But I
2: just, it was a, a really special day for Jan- Daniel Jones. Thinking of that game plan, and I wrote this down here and underlined it and also highlighted. I think that the, the biggest compliment, if you're reading it the right way, that Pat Shermer, and the coaches gave to him, there weren't a lot of manufactured, easy no. throws. No. And you normally, no matter how much you like your rookie first-round quarterback, you're going to give him some easy, simple throws so he feels good about himself. We trust him from practice, but yeah. should we trust him in a game? Let's not trust him yet. Right. They let him drop back and read and, and fire downfield right? right away. Right. What, what a compliment to what he has shown them. And then he paid it off by not making poor decisions. I, I, I mean, you're right. And They're, throwing the ball well. You're right. So that's number one. Yep. There was a three a three play sequence in the second half when they were down. I think to to start it out, to start the possession, they ran a blitz right up the middle. Right. And off his back foot he knew that the under route was I don't know if it was technically hot, but he knew right. he had to get He had rid to of get it. it out of right. So he avoided the bad play, did yep. that. His next play I thought was his best. You remember a little play action, he dropped back, and he slid about five yards to, to his left left. Yeah. Without taking his eyes off downfield. Is that when he hit the deep post? Set up and hit the deep post. Down to like the seven or eight-yard line. Yeah. Yeah. And then a play or two later on the touchdown pass. Right. On the go-ahead touchdown at that time. Right. Had he not made the perfect throw. Yes. A lot of people would have said, oh, the guy in the underneath double covered. Right. Or he that, was right. double covered. That's right. a rookie mistake. It right. would have been played all week. Yeah. But because he threw a perfect pass. Right. No one cared that he was no. double
1: covered. No. Double covered. And. You know, he knew he was double-covered, I'm sure, on the play, too. He saw it, but he saw, wait, my guy's got leverage on both of these guys. So I don't care if there's two of them there. If I put it out here. If I put it out here, he's going to get it and nobody's going to get it. And he just played that matchup. And like you said, he put the ball on the screws, Mm -hmm. uh, which he did really for the most part of the day. I mean, there was really – there's not any negatives really to talk about with Daniel Jones. I was going to ask, what's your critique? I mean, if there was a critique, maybe just being too fearless in the pocket. Yeah. Like – not, like, not even realizing people are around you to the point where it's like, okay, you know, there's people going to hit you. You might have to actually go down or just tuck right. the ball away. Yeah, ball securities. That's going to be the only thing
2: I'd yeah. look at. Right. Uh, but, do, you think he, do you think he holds it too long? And I only ask because yeah. I was writing down so many compliments about how he didn't need a clean pocket, about right. how he kept his eyes downfield when it was crashing in on him. And it's such a fine line between it saying a that's line. a great quality or, yeah. oh, he's holding it too long. Right. He, he doesn't know when to get rid of the ball. There's yeah. three fumbles this year already. So, I suppose if you were looking for something, Yeah, that's that's it's fair. I mean, again,
1: it's it's not perfect. I think that would be the thing that would jump out, jump out to me to more than anything at this point. Yeah. You know, um let's see, the fumble, I'm trying to think of the fumble we saw was it the Dallas game? Is that where he fumbled? You know, he was kind of looking downfield and somebody hit him right in the face. And yeah. He didn't see it. So, oh no, yeah, you're right. He was repeat out of my ear. He was running with the ball. So that's the wrong play. I'm thinking of a preseason fumble. Um, But yeah, I think that's the only thing I can look at yesterday and just go, yeah, just have a little feel of, okay, this play is over. Mm -hmm. I need to tuck it and run, or get down, or just throw it away. And like, it's this is not a major problem to where I'm concerned about it. I think it's a smart enough guy to where he'll have the feel to, oh, okay, somebody's about to pop open. I'm going to hold the ball for an extra second. Where I think yesterday on the two fumbles, he went, ooh, nobody's open. Let me just sit here and hope somebody gets open here soon. And nobody does. And I think he'll get to the point in his brain where he, when he goes, I hope somebody – oh, wait, no, nobody's going to go open. I need to get the hell out of here. Right. And, and, and that's the difference. But uh, either way, it was an awesome, awesome game by him. Yep. And awesome that they won the football game. And um, – Man, the Giants' defense sucks if we want to just get into that, okay? They, I mean, keep, they suck. Yeah. yeah the kid doesn't miss that field goal. Yeah, I mean, they're going to lose the game. And, and this is what I don't understand, just real quick, because yeah. I didn't write a ton of notes on this side of it. I kind of yeah. newsreeled this one quickly right. just to get a feel for it. But Giants come out early play way too much man-to-man. I mean, you saw it. It was bombs over the
2: top don't to have Mike the, Evans. They don't have the, the pressure in the quarterback to get away with it no. or the talent in the back end.
1: Yeah, either one. Yeah. They don't. And I understand they're a little compromised there, so they're blitzing a little to create pressure, which is, of course, putting their secondary in some tough binds. But in the second half, when the game was 28-10, to hmm They stopped doing that stuff. They stopped putting Jabril Peppers, who can't cover Paul Burmeister man-to-man, in man-to-man coverage. You know They stopped having Janoris Jenkins, who's still a good cover corner, but there's no islands going to be named after him anytime soon. He can't be on an island with Mike Evans like 20 plays in a row. Clearly, right? So that, to me, was just a big thing. And the Giants changed their defensive game plan the whole second half. And then got to the last drive and went into man-to-man again. And they threw a bomb to Mike Evans. Right and I wanted to be like,
2: what? Yeah.
1: Did we not see the last four series where they couldn't move the ball because yeah. you played zone and dropped people into I areas? And, uh, but either way, that's going to be an issue, I think, throughout the year for the Giants. When you don't have a pa- good pass rusher and then you don't have great cover people on the back end, it's hard to stop people. And I think it's going to lead to a lot of great Daniel Jones moments mm-hmm. because – He's they're going to be forced to, to push the envelope. Have to be in that spot right, a lot. Right,
2: right. And I know it's way below the main quarterback headline here, but Jameis Winston, in a player or two that, you know, he wants back. Yeah. I thought he played really well. He played really well. I mean, he has these games like that where you're like, whoa. I know. He should be on damn. I know. Okay. Okay. Right? Right, yes. But it, just does, it doesn't happen. It doesn't always week. translate to wins
1: for them either. That's right. Why I feel like some of his best games are always like, oh, they lost by three. I and mean, yeah. it's not his fault. I mean, shit, he – he you know, he didn't make Bruce Arians go full Tropic Thunder and take a five yard penalty to make the kick five yards <laughs> deeper. Right. I mean that's just that's some of the dumbest crap I've ever heard of. Yeah. I don't I don't get get the logic of that. But all right, that's it. That's Giants Bucks. Uh, we did the deep dive there. We did. Yep. yep. Um, you know, Wednesday we got the deep dive. You're you're back Wednesday, right? Wednesday. D- Wednesday. But I'm going to deep dive to a whole not. bunch of other games. I yeah. want you here. And we're going to preview a little. We'll preview All a right? little. Well, it sounds good. Okay. Little Buffalo. New a little new England. Buffalo, New England. Right. Sure. I'm new, Buffalo gave New England a little of a tough time last year with some of the things they did on that side of the ball. But please. Subscribe, rate, review. We are going to get to ask some ask-me-anythings. Feel free in those comment sections to throw in questions, anything you acknowledge or want to see from the podcast, from me, anything you want to hear that way, X's and O's, be happy to do it. I am a man of the people. For Paul Burmeister, I'm Chris Sims. You the man. Peace out. Enjoy the Bears-Redskins game Monday night. Uh, Have fun. Bears are going to win that in a close one. Peace out. Peace out.